Hey guys, and welcome back to week 27 of That Scale RC Show. I'm your host, Adam Dean, along with... Jeremy Kendall. And we have a special guest with us today. Uh, you may know him as RC Drag Talk, but it's our buddy, Tyler Zavadil. Um, how's it going, man? Good, man. How you guys? Doing all right. Oh, can't complain. Can't complain. It's, it's funny. We're like, we're both getting bit by that drag bug and all of a sudden everybody's interest on our show is about drag talk is about drag cars any whatever the setup is which is really funny so um but yeah we are honored to have you on the show um i know we got a bunch of questions for you um but yeah i know we have to start with our icebreaker i know this may be a little uh you know, different. Feel free to answer it however you want, because this will be our first uh, guest that's not a hundred percent crawler related. So feel free to answer them however you want. Um, I'll try and change the terminology so I guess it works both ways. But um, first question is, uh, what is so? What is your first scale crawler, or you could put what is your first RC, first drag car, whatever, however you want to answer it. Well, uh, first crawler was eight years ago, the Axial SCX-10, and I still have it to this day. Uh, first car was probably, shoot, 20-something years ago, Team Associated RC-10 GT. Oh, wow, gas truck, huh? Yeah, it was my first ever car i had it for like a month and a half and the receiver battery died it got stuck wide open and drove into a trash can oh no yeah nitro is so, a tough way to go for a first car yeah it was cool uh saved up all my money and my dad took me to the rc expo back when i was a kid and that's what i bought at rc expo came home with it and now it's stoked that's pretty cool nice no I, I love the story about how you actually saved up yourself and actually went and got it because i mean like there's kids these days don't they, they don't know about that they don't know about having to you know put all their money together to buy something it's a little more humbling when you can actually buy your stuff because then when you break it you actually feel it <laughs> yeah i i uh i remember i found like a i think it was rc action in walmart back when i was a kid you know and that's where i saw that the show was coming to pomona fairplex and I begged my dad to take me. And then that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, dude, because I don't know. Where I grew up, kids don't play with RC cars anywhere, you know? So uh, after seeing that, I was hooked. So I worked a full year, saved up all my money, and the next year he took me back and I bought the car. That is nice. awesome. Right on. Yeah, I still have pieces of it somewhere because I couldn't <laughs> take myself to throw it all away, you know? It's like a memory that not to get another Nitro car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nitro's love-hate, man. It's it's a tough deal. Yeah. Well, first, like a little quick side note, that's actually like one of the first RC cars I ever saw was a Nitro. The kid that lived down the street uh, from my parents um, when I was growing up, they he had... He had a, he had like two or three nitro cars, so like that's actually how I first kind of I guess got into RC. Is he would actually you'd be I'd be sitting there doing homework, and all of a sudden you'd hear the nitro going up and down the street, and I was like, "What's that?" And then that's you know, kind of how I got into it. But then once you saw the you know, well back then being like 
what seventh eighth grade you're like how much is that and you're like yeah that's like way out of my you know price range so um but yeah nitro was i was i could i could still talking about nitro smell it <laughs> oh yeah yep <laughs> oh yeah um but yeah so what would be your favorite scale crawler or i guess you could in your case uh i guess your favorite car for drag racing okay uh favorite scaler would be my still my scx10 i have had others but i've sold them off that's just like the one that you can do pretty much anything to mm -hmm. and uh, as far as drag car i'm gonna have to say like the traxxas slash based conversion is the most fun you can have rc drag racing nice i do have you know pro style cars i have driven pro stocks pro mods all that just something about the rubber tires and all that it's you know gives you the realistic vibe oh it's cool it's it's more it's more scale you know what i mean yeah yep which is what we're about which i guess we'll get into um after we get through all this um so I guess next one would be favorite place to go crawling, I guess, slash uh, racing. Oh, uh, favorite place to go crawling would be, hmm, I'm going to say Tall Boys. I don't know. Some of your listeners might know where that is. Some of your listeners might not. It's up in Apple Valley, kind of close to Horseman Center Park, but kind of not really. But yeah, Tall Boys, if you are from RC Crawler days, then you might have heard of it. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard of it. Really? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, it's right out. I know you know where Horseman's is. It's yep. right out by Horseman's. Okay. I'll have to check that out sometime. Nick, are you, if you're coming down for a pro line, we'll go out one of the days. It's like a 10-minute drive from Horseman's. Okay. Yeah, that's another thing I gotta get on my list. I'd like to do Proline this year. Oh yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. For a SoCal event, that's like a good, a really good event. Yeah. Uh, well, we've talked about it on the show numerous times. I know it's starting to gain traction. So I know it's starting to get bigger and bigger, which usually means it's getting better and better. So I know I need to get my butt out there sometime. Yeah. Um, I guess the second half of that question would be, where would be your favorite place to drag race? Oh, um, no prep. So I like the street. The track is fun, but I like the street. So I don't, we don't know prep race in parking lots. We know prep race on streets with live traffic just like you're playing football on the street as a kid oh you wow. just stop for the stop for the cars you know yeah so uh we don't set up cones or any of that we just set up one cone at the finish line to let you kind of know where to let off the throttle and we have a guy watching or recording now because races are getting a lot closer and uh one guy at the starting line banging a flashlight nice yeah Real uh, street racing style. That's really cool. Yeah, just like the TV show. <laughs> yeah, and usually streets are easier and cleaner because there's cars going down them at you know high rates of speed to blow off you know all the loose dust. A parking lot usually has a good 
layer of dirt on it you have to clean before you can go racing. Oh, okay. And then some people like to start to hassle you that you're not really no prep racing because you clean the dirt off the parking lot before you race. So a street is just generally easier. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that actually, I got to remember that question for later. I have another one that's not part of the icebreakers that I got to add to that. Um, so what would be your favorite event? Favorite event? Yeah, like RC event, scale event, drag racing event, whatever. Oh, man, I'm going to have to say by the fire. Proline by the fire. I've gone nice. in the last three years, and it just keeps getting better and better. Nice. Yeah, like I said, the more I hear about it, the more you see pictures about it, you're just like, oh, it's like if they, it, if they had asphalt, we'd be drag racing there too. But there's no pavement there that works for <laughs> a drag car. We need to start a new thing, like like when Tim put his drag body on that crawler. We need to do off-road drag races. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna we're doing um, mud drags at uh, at by the fire this year. That'd oh okay. I'm gonna put on a rain jacket and a flashlight. Start two mud trucks side by side. Oh, if if I go, I'm gonna have to get my mud truck up and running. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on out and race with us. It's gonna be a good time. That would be nice. fun. Um, current number of rigs owned. Oh. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Eight. Nice. Yeah, I think it's eight. Do you? Uh, well, I know you've already said. I know you got the one, SCX ten. Do you want to break them down or just leave it at eight? Okay. Yeah, I got the the one SCX ten crawler slash tow rig that I custom made a gooseneck trailer for. Um, then I have another like custom built chassis SCX ten lowrider project. And then I have a Losi Baja Ray. That's a Blake Wilkie replica of the Shreddy Bug. Oh, rad. Um, I like replicas. So one of my street bodies for my drag truck, I've done the Crow. I've done the new Crow. I've done the Death Trap that got destroyed. I've done quite a few of the Street Outlaw bodies. Um, then I have my Pro Mod. I have my uh, spec chassis, 17.5 car. I have an axial monster truck. I have a like, team-associated touring car. And then like a Traxxas funny car. I think that's all eight of them. Nice. nice. That's a nice little fleet. Yeah, that really yeah, is. they're fun. It's a, it's a, I like to have cer uh, one for everything, you know? So the like the touring car, you can put drift tires on it and drift it, or rubber tires on it, and you know go fast with it. I like I like to be able to go do something whenever, you know. Yeah. Um, we'll just, uh, I guess we'll go to the last one because the other one, I mean, unless you want to answer it, it's uh, comp days versus trail days, which I guess in your in your case with drag racing, what would that be like? Fun days versus. So for us, know. that would be like a test and tune day versus a race day. Right. Uh-huh. Um, 
and in that world, oh, test and tune days for sure. Just because, you know, the usually you and your buddies, you're more relaxed, so you're joking, you're having a good time. You're making more passes with the car because, you know, you're just testing. Whereas race day, there's a scheduled format, so you're not just making pass after pass. It's a lot more downtime, you know, which I'm yeah. sure comp crawling is the same way. There's more downtime while other people are comping, you know, versus a trail day where you're all just out with your buddies. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, that's why we put that question in there because, I mean, there are – we've had a couple people on the show that are – they're more keen to competing. They like that aspect. They like they like the pressure. They like, you know, that style of, you know, sitting around waiting or help judging somebody else. And uh, then we have a big group of people that have been on that like the trail days because they're just like, like you said, hanging out with their friends, BSing, just being, you know, on the trail laughing and cracking jokes and doing yep. whatever. So – yeah. For me, it's all about the people and, you know, spreading RC and just all-around good time. Awesome. I, f I feel you on that one. Um, so then the last one would be uh, favorite hobby shop. Oh, that's a tough one there. I'm blessed down here in SoCal, so we got a lot of them. Uh, All-time favorite, I'm going to have to go with Pegasus. Okay. And I think that wraps it up with the uh, icebreaker questions. So I guess now is where we can get into our uh, meat and potatoes, um, so to say. Um, if somebody wanted to get into drag racing, scale or RC drag racing, let's leave it at that, um, what would you recommend? Like, how would somebody get started? If they were like, yeah, I want to, I want to do this because I think some people don't realize um, that there really isn't like you know with like a crawler, you could just go out and buy a crawler; it's ready to go. You don't really just go out and buy a drag car. Um, I'm already learning that there's a process or there's the kind of like a platform you have to modify to make it work. <clears throat> so. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's basically just like. A real drag car you know we basically scaled it down just like a scaler just like you guys did with jeeps and all that we've done with now a drag car so there's no there's no factory drag car you know you have to take a camaro or a mustang or a dodge and you gotta you gotta put drag radials on it you gotta hop it up you gotta do you know motor work transmission work put a wheelie bar on it put a wing on it you know so basically same thing for an rc car so the easiest way and the most readily available would be to take a short course truck and modify it and the way we're doing that is by putting buggy arms on a short course truck chassis or vice versa so a lot of people always ask the easiest way to do it and the cheapest easiest way is to purchase a uh, Traxxas VXL Bandit and then go and purchase on Amazon or your local hobby store wherever you can find it on you know A-Main or RPP whoever you use pick up the um, low center of gravity chassis for a slash and then take the front and rear bulkhead off of your Bandit 
and bolt it to the tra uh, plate of the slash and you're done. Order some tires, get a body, you got yourself a race car. That's not bad at all. That's pretty easy. Yeah, that 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 way actually sounds om like almost easier than the way I'm going because the the route I'm going is I'm taking a uh, tool drive slash that's not being used anymore, and it wasn't even the the VXL one. It's it's actually the whatever the brushed one is that they had at the time. Um, so, but all that's coming out anyways because I have another setup that's going to go in there, but. Um, I'm still order. I still had to order the LCG chassis, and then I just ordered uh, the buggy, the Bandit rear arms, um, and yeah. So I gotta transfer all that stuff over. Yeah. So easiest way is to buy a Bandit and then just buy the LCG slash chassis. Okay, that's good to know. And I think that's it's eight eight bolts or whatever it is on the bottom of the chassis, and you swap the bulkheads over, and you're done. Oh, okay. God, that's cake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, I didn't even realize that. That's that. See, this is why we have professionals on the show. To, <laughs> right. To exactly. Um, I guess my, I guess like the other big question that I know I have, um, is kind of like, so. You have like you've referred to the no prep, and then I guess you'd have what is it, prep. Yes, so um, there's multiple different leagues as far as prepped RC drag racing goes that you can find on, say, Facebook. There's Scale Drag Racing Association, that's us down here in Lake Elsinore, California. There's uh, Miniature Hot Rod Association. There's uh, RC Drag Racing Association, which is RCDRL. Um, and then there's Imdra, which is in North Carolina. So there's the, like the five, four or five biggest um, leagues as far as full-on prepped track racing. And when I mean when I say prep track racing, I'm talking like NHRA level. We prep the surface with VHT and methanol, just like the NHRA guys prep uh, the quarter mile for you know a nitro funny car to go down the track. And we have a full timing system with a tree, gives you a six foot time, half track time, a full 132 foot ET and mile per hour. And uh, yeah, there's side rails and it looks like the whole track setup. And then no prep racing, you can find info on Facebook under no prep radio controlled uh, NPRC. And though that is a set of rules thrown together by a group of guys about three years ago when there wasn't any tracks around just so we could get back to racing. So it was just rules thrown together to take your short course truck out and race on a street that you have locally. May it be in front of your house, may it be the high school parking lot or just some back road. It's just a list of rules that you and your buddies can go out and somewhat follow to have a good time drag racing RC cars. Nice. That's actually gotten to be a pretty big following, and there's now, I guess you could call it chapters of no prep radio controlled groups all over the country. 
So, oh, okay. So, I mean, there's one. I know there's one up north by you guys. It's like uh, NorCal, NPRC. Um, the San Francisco area has like three groups of its own. Uh, Arizona has a group. Colorado has a group. Nevada has a group. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, you name it. I mean, pretty much all the big cities now have a no prep drag racing association going on just try to look it up on facebook in your area and if not make one it's that easy nice yeah i mean like i said it's it's one of those things it's like i almost feel like i guess the way i can describe it for me is getting into the drag racing now is almost like it was when i got into crawling you know eight nine years ago when it's like you wanted to like you kind of really didn't know anything other than seeing pictures other people doing it videos so you're trying to like soak it all in and like you're still like there's so much that even now I'm still like learning like as we're talking um you know stuff like I had no clue about yeah so it's awesome it's and the thing the thing sorry not to cut you off but the thing that I that I like now is the amount of information and how much easier it is to find it now um, because I know like Facebook has become that tool that a lot of people use for everything now versus back when like I first got into crawling you were on forums which every, you either love it's like a love-hate relationship you either love them or hate them it's funny you say that because we were just talking the other day and I kind of miss the forum days because I got into this, you know, like you said, roughly the same time, eight or nine years ago, and back then it was all about forums, you know, you had RC Crawler and West Coast Crawler and all these forums, you know, and that's how you found out information on how to, you know, do anything, change your gear ratio, overdrive the front, do, you know, all sorts of stuff to a axial crawler back then. But now forms are dead, like dead yep. dead. Yep. And, uh, it's you know now you go on Facebook and it's all. I always feel like it's the same thing week after week. Like I'm just living the same week on repeat. Because you open up Facebook and it's the same question by a different guy. Because <laughs> nobody, nobody will scroll down and look for the question they're about to ask. They just go on and post their new question. And what's 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 funny is I don't know if if uh, you know if any of our listeners remember this like if if they've been on like 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 you said RC crawler even like because I'm you know somewhat in the one to one world uh, back when pirate four x four was the big thing too they used to specifically say they will not answer repeat questions if you did not search through the forum to find an answer they will not help you they were exactly. like nope. so. And we've lost that with Facebook. Like now, people are greedy. They just want to go on there and get the answer now. Like I want it now. Yeah, yep. exactly. I tried like tagging all the stuff on our because local here where our drag strip is is uh, right next to the crawler course too out at this RC park. And so one of the things I started doing on our group page is I, I and I didn't even know Facebook could do this, but you can tag posts and conversations 
with a topic. And so there's like a whole thing off to the side now. If you want to know about drag racing, you just click the drag racing one. It brings up all the drag racing comments and gets rid of all the scalar C ones. So I thought that was kind of a cool little tool to help with stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's always all these new innovations. Like, you know, um, I know that, like, even with, like, Instagram now, especially with the hashtags, you could, like, if if you're making a post directed on a certain thing, you could put a certain hashtag, and now when someone searches that hashtag, all of that stuff related to that pops up, if they use the hashtags right. Because, I mean, there's some people that just put everything under the sun in there, and you're like, yeah, this has nothing to do with, like, half of those. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... That that this whole topic is basically why I started the whole page RC Drag Talk in the first place was when I got into RC Drag Racing. This is gonna sound really messed up, but there's a bunch of old guys that didn't really want to help you, you know. And uh-huh. unless you were running a foam tire pro level car, they had no input to give you. So I was like, okay, if that's how it's gonna be, and I gotta learn on my own everyone's going to learn with me, you know? I'm going to put the info out there for everyone to find. That's pretty awesome. So this yeah. is where it's got me, you know? And I don't know. Uh, I mean, Tim has put out quite a bit of info, and he's helped me in my videos, but he runs a podcast like you guys run, and you know it's very easy to drift off topic or get carried away. And not only that in a two-hour podcast or whatever it is you're not it's not just the info you're looking for you know right exactly so at least with like a youtube video you can hopefully search for i don't know gearing in a slash you know and boom my my video will pop up hopefully you know yeah and now see that's the other thing too and i guess we should take a second because you know i kind of mentioned it at the beginning but um you're touching on it now, but um, you do run your your own, like you're saying. Um, so what would you call it? Would you call it like a podcast? Would you call it like just a YouTube channel or a – like what would you describe what you do with RC Drag Talk? Um, it's more of like a – I guess like a media platform would be the best way to put it. Okay. Um, so I have a pretty big following on Instagram. Uh, probably bigger than anywhere else. I just hit 9,000 followers. Wow. Wow. So for for RC Drag Racing, that's huge. Okay, so yeah, very. R- RC in a whole, that, that ain't shit. Uh, you know, as you all know, that's not mm-hmm. anything in the RC world. But for RC Drag Racing, that's big, you know? Yeah. For years, RC Drag Racing has been two or 300 people. And, and a parking lot and that nobody knows about, you know, and all the parts have been being made in somebody's garage. Now we have huge product support from companies like Proline, J Concepts, Pharma, Delta Plastics. You got like huge big name companies putting their money and their research and development time into RC drag racing. Which is pretty cool, you know. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of the ways, um, it's almost like, like I said, it reminds me of like the early days of your scale crawlers. It's like when the SCX10 platform came out, because I want to say that's right around the time I got into it. Um, there really was like, 
it was like pioneering it the way like there really wasn't a lot to choose from but there was enough to where you were like okay you can kind of you know create your own rig out of readily available parts but um, it was kind of the same thing like you're saying there was companies that were you know small mom pa shops or even smaller just one guy in his garage making parts and selling them because there wasn't a lot of support and now after all these years you know there's you got a ton of companies you know in the especially like I said in the crawling you know from vanquish to SSD to um, some of the overseas stuff like uh, Asia Tees and I mean like there's just so many companies out there now that make stuff it's just like insane yeah it's it's like it's almost overwhelming now you know you yeah you search for crawler parts and so much stuff pops up it's like oh where do I start you know yeah which like that's why like luckily there's stuff like um like like your your platform RC Drag Talk and people in the community um, like yourself, that are willing to actually help you know newbies into this, um, like myself, because I know you were one of the first um, people that I went to when I started catching the the drag bug. Like, okay, what do I need to get? Because like I know nothing. Like I like I don't even like I don't even know where to start. I know that I need some sort of a buggy, and then and then you were you helped me out a lot. You already pointed me in the right direction. You know, pick up this part. Um, and I and I'm really appreciative of it. And um, I guess another little side note: it's awesome when you've been dealing with people. Like I know Tyler through well now it's two, but my fir- the one of my first bigger sponsors MKS, and now we're both also on the same team with PowerC. Which congratulations, by the way. Yeah, man. You too. So um, yeah. So it's you know. It's it's fun getting to meet people in this hobby and getting to branch out and to kind of like get into multiple fields because I know even Jay got excited about the drag um, scene when we were talking to was what was that um, Sean yeah yep yeah, yeah so Sean's my buddy he's a so, good dude yeah. man he's really cool. The- We've been trying. He wants me to go rock racing bad, and I want him to go drag racing bad. But this last year, 2019, our races landed on the exact same day. Every race. Every race. So it really sucks because I I like to do uh, RC photography. I don't know. Some of you guys may know if you follow my page. I do put up dirt pictures and other pictures other than drag racing, but that's just the content that I've captured that day, you know? But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I like capturing people in their moment, and uh, a lot of people just worry about the car, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not so much the the person and the interaction, and you're in this to make friends, you know? So if I meet a, a good guy, I like to help him out. <clears throat> and uh, Sean's a real good guy. Yeah, he's, he's an awesome dude. And it's awesome to see that um, he's got. I, I mean, I guess in a way he got promoted, or uh, I get. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it at promoted. I think he's the West Coast um, kind of like team manager for CowRC now. He is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't know yeah, if that's, the that's other announcement's cool. been fully released yet. So yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I mean somebody else back down so from what i've been told he's now the full 
team manager for the whole country. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's cool. So that's big time for him, and he deserves it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Cal is a great company, and uh, he's a great guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually excited now. I might actually be able to get a little more content than I've I've been able to get in the past because almost all my stuff – because I've been with them for two years now, and everything's always been crawler-related. So it's kind of hard because it's like, okay, either it's all going to be cleaning you know, pictures and stuff because you clean – I mean you end up cleaning the rig – after every you know after every run to get all the dirt and the mud and whatnot off but you know I'm not always inside building something or this that or the other so now that I'm going down another avenue I think it's gonna be cool to be able to apply a lot of their products um, to another avenue in RC yeah their products were great for doing what we do so yeah no, yeah no I'm excited about that um let's see Jay, did you have anything before I... I'm going to pull up the questions. Um, yeah. Um, how do you... So this is something that we're going to run into, and so I would kind of need a little bit of guidance from you, actually. But how do you guys handle... Like, let's say you've got a structured, like, no prep race, and some dude shows up with, like, let's say his, like e-buggy that runs on like 4s you know with like off-road tires and he wants to do some drag race and like how do you guys when you've got like an organized event like how do you deal with a situation like that you know because i mean it's like you don't want to like piss the dude off you want to get him stoked so that you know maybe he'll buy the right car and stuff but i mean like have you encountered something like that and how do you deal with it we have so um the nprc rules that we put together actually have three classes so there's, I believe it's three. There might be four. Uh, there's the street outlaw class, which is, you know, your short course truck. And then there's, uh, I believe there, it might be an eighth scale class, but it's an open class, which allows you to run up to four cell battery. Ah. Um, and that's just for, like you said, those guys that are coming out with an A-scale buggy or a, a touring car on three-cell that they want to play, and they might not have the same gear at us, but we don't want to discourage anybody, you know? Sure, sure. And, I mean, to be honest with you, the no-prep road is really the equalizer. So, I mean, I've seen 1S pro-stock cars keep up with 6S A-scale buggies on the street. That's rad. I mean, they're going 85 miles an hour at <laughs> 1.7 seconds, and it's very scary, but Good God. They're, they're equally there. The scary part with that is, is an A-scale buggy is weighing, you know, 9, 10 pounds. Right. Uh, a one-cell pro-stock car maybe weighs a pound. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, this thing, it, it's all carbon fiber. There's no suspension. Uh, the back axle is just a straight uh, quarter-inch piece of metal, direct drive. You know, the motor is a sidewinder setup. Right. So, I mean, this thing making contact with an A-scale buggy, your car is done for. Yeah, that was something that we had talked about, too. It was like, man, if somebody crosses lanes, like, it's going to be a hell of a yard sale. Like, that's, that's bad yeah. news with a big old heavy car like that. So, we like to try to keep those guys together. Right. You know? And then the the seventeen five class is really starting to 
pop off. Really? So that's any motor, or not any motor, any any chassis. So you could take an RC motorcycle, a touring car, a drag car, anything you got, as long as it has a 17.5 motor on two cell, and race it. That's a pretty cool idea. Wow. Yeah. And at the track, we've been having like very close times all the way across the platform. So we have a guy that runs a motorcycle. He's at like two point one nine or something like that. And we have a guy that runs a rail. He's like right there, same time. And then we have a guy that runs a just a e buggy, right? Like a tenth scale buggy with full suspension, rubber tires. And he was at like two point seven six on his ET. So I mean point six tenths of a second is not far behind a pro race car man that's Damn. wild all because we're limited the motor to 17.5 right and that i mean that that's like the entry level class you know we started 17.5 because we want people to eventually get into a pro mod or a rail the problem with that is is the the power plants are a lot more expensive for a pro mod or a rail. 17.5 is the readiest available motor combo right. in RC. Yeah. I mean, they're no, everywhere. I mean, um, yeah. So, hold on. Uh, so, Jay, was that... Nope, that, that answers it. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because... I... Um, cause I was yeah, saying, I kind of went off on a tangent. No, no, Sorry, no, dude. no, that's, that's fine, man. No, no, that, that's, okay, so that's one thing about, like, our show. Um, I guess you could say that it kind of, like, I don't know, I mean, almost all shows are this way, but we're not really structured at all. I just, I just want to make sure that whatever's getting addressed gets addressed before I bring up the next thing, because I, cause I, I kind of feel bad if we have to jump back and forth, because then I, I don't know, I have a feeling that some of our listeners get lost when they're bouncing around like that trying to go wait a second now they're answering this and we were talking about that and so basically the last like real key thing i need to make sure i say is is this is just like real car racing people you need to understand you're taking that chance of destroying your shit the second he hits that flashlight okay so you can't get mad at the guy next to you it's toy cars Yep. <laughs> yeah. Toy cars. Okay. Yep. So taking that uh, into consideration, now go RC drag race with your buddies in a parking lot. Yeah. You know, you see, you know what's really funny about that, and I'm not gonna say any names, but when um when the U when the U4 RC up here and NorCal was starting to get kind of big a few years ago, we had a couple guys that used to get real butt hurt when they get slammed into and their car would turtle or it would break and they'd be like that see you couldn't win the race without taking me out and da 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 and like that's all it was and that kind of just i think ultimately and i don't quote me on this but i think that's kind of what killed our u4 scene is because there was a lot of that going on whereas what you said makes a lot of sense you know people need to realize you're risking it so you're taking you, that chance pulling up to the line that you might crash your shit. So yeah, you need to you need to have that in mind when you're doing this. So you know, yeah, it's frustrating. You know, money and time go into this, but at the same time, what are you building it for? Stare at it or run it? Yep. 
Which is why, you know, doing the cash race type events, it, it's almost an added bonus. You know, I'm sure everybody's seen that meme going around the internet right now talking about driving your $1,000 car full of $5,000 in toy cars to go race for a $10 trophy. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everybody's seen that by now. Yep. So at least if you're going to race for $100 cash back in your pocket, then you don't feel so bad setting your car down to race for the night, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you if you go and spend all day racing, spending race fees, and you destroy your car, and you leave, you know, with nothing or maybe a $10 trophy, that that's only fun for so long, you know what I mean? And I think now people have done that long enough which is why the short course trucks got put up on a shelf and people found other types of RC to do. So now bringing it back is just go race for cash with your buddies, you know? Yep. So you guys do like the $5 buy-in and stuff. Is that? Yeah. I mean, we, we usually do like a $20 buy-in and, uh, went first and second. We'll split it, you know, like a 75, 25 split. Right that, usually, that usually gets us a good turnout of about 10 people or so down here in Southern California. Nice. No, that's good to know because I know, um, and I'm just going to kind of put a feeler out now, I guess, while we're on the show. Because I know when Elio was talking to me about it, he wants to do an event at the beginning of 2020, kind of like in, I guess, the Bay Area location. Um, and he wanted he was talking about possibly doing like a cash buyout depending on who shows up and how many people show up because like I know if anybody uh, follows uh, two chains on uh, Instagram or social media in general we were down at uh, JJ concepts and it wasn't really like a like I guess you could say like a sanctioned you know or an organized um, drag race it was more like kind of like if you know one car would pull up to the line if somebody else wants to race them go for it and then that was kind of you know the, so a super mixed match you'd have like guys with actual drag cars against like a udr um and it's like you know or a udi and it's like yeah so it's like you know so it was kind of like chaos like organized chaos i guess you could say um so yeah no that's good to hear that so then you can kind of have an idea or even if anyone listening wants to have any kind of idea on how to start something in your area then you kind of got you know something to go off of yeah i mean just put up a flyer on one night you're gonna host it put up the buy-in cash races usually turn out more of a crowd than just you know saying we're gonna host a street race do people get weird about it being for money do they take it more seriously than they probably should they some people, yeah, they they do take it, you know, a little, a little too serious. But that's why we like to keep it at a budget that you everybody can usually afford, you know. Right. You gotta just play out like how many guys you got and how like how it's looking, you know. You only got four guys. You don't want to take everybody's money, you know. Run for yeah. five bucks. Run double elimination, you know. Everybody right. gets two tries. We run single elimination, twenty dollar buying. But we've been doing it out here a lot longer. You know, everybody pretty much knows what they're signing up for when they show up. Yeah. And we we give you, a, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to test the road before the race. So it's not like, 
everybody's fresh off the trailer and never ran down that road. Oh, okay. <clears throat> That's good to know. We do, we do move spots quite often, but uh, at least you're going to have some testing before the race starts is usually how we do it. That's pretty cool. That's oh, right. good to know then. And then it's either, you know, draw chips or pick a playing card, right lane, left lane. You just break it down on when they draw, that's the lane they get. It's easier that way. Okay. Um, I was say, sorry, I'm opening up. I got to keep making sure I have the I have it opened up because um, on my phone it likes to not uh, – it likes to give me the relevant comments when I know that we have more, which actually is surprising. Uh, when we announced that you were going to be our guest, we actually got quite a bit of feedback, which I, I almost want to say it's we've almost this is almost like one of our I guess most I guess questions we've ever got when we said hey we're going to have a guest on and you know get your questions in. Like we actually got a fair amount of que uh, questions in here, so. Um, I was going to say let's uh, start getting into those because I'm sure some of these will might go off into other side little tangents, but uh, a lot of it's uh, some I, I think is going to have some good information. Cool. So, okay, where should we start? Um, all right, let's start with a. Uh, I know this is a this is a joking one, but let's start out with uh, Travis Kendall. He says, "How fast does it go?" Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. He sucks. I can. I knew you guys a rough estimate. Short course trucks are roughly 60 to 65 miles an hour in 132 feet. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, now, here's another joking one. I guess we'll get the joking ones out of the way, then we'll get into some more serious ones. This one comes from another fellow teammate of, um, of mine and Tyler's. So, uh, Todd... Um, Solteros asks, why is Todd so slow? Todd who? Soltero. No, I'm, I'm just kidding, man. Todd's, Todd's probably one of the fastest guys around here, and he actually doesn't race short course truck with us anymore because he said he was too fast and he made us all feel bad. So <laughs> this is like his call out, I guess, for him to build another car and come race with us again. Oh, uh, okay. But he is the one that I've seen beat 6S cars on the street with a one-cell Pro Stock. Wow. Yeah. He's scary fast. I mean, he's no joke. So so then I guess, does, uh, does Tim Smith lose his nickname as the fastest man in RC? Um, I don't know because I have probably like three hours worth of video of them two going at it. And it, it, it'll probably come out to an even draw of win-lose ratio between them two. Wow. It's crazy because I've been to both of their houses. You know, we all live local, but been to both their shops working on stuff, and both of them have a trophy hanging on their wall from RC Drag Racing in 1991. And I remind both of them that I was four years old when they got that trophy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, they've been doing it a long time so yeah it's cool I've learned a lot from those guys they've helped me out a lot in this RC drag racing craziness yeah I know I I haven't talked with Todd a lot um, Tim 
I've had a I've had a lot of conversations with Tim, um, and also hanging out with him like at uh, Axial Fest the last time he was up here. So, no, Tim's a good guy. They're both good guys, um, and I'm I'm happy and honored that you know all you guys are on uh, multiple teams that I'm a part of. So, um, I guess. Oh, let's see here. So, uh, actually, so Brett Wilson has three questions in this, um, in different locations in this uh, thread. So let's start with the first one: uh, rear motor versus mid motor. What is better? Oh, that's personal preference. I prefer rear motor just because, uh, like we were talking earlier, it's all about weight transfer. And okay getting the proper amount of grip to slip ratio on your rubber tires to go down a no prep street. Um, so I prefer a rear mount. Okay. The difference with a mid mount motor is, is it's going to cause your rear tires to lift. Okay. That those chassis were designed to help your car perform better in the dirt, not on the street. Most people overthink it, you know, oh, a mid-motor, that's got to perform better. It performs better on the dirt. Well, on the dirt, the slip is there no matter what, you know. The, mm-hmm. the dirt is going to give no matter what. I mean, unless you're running on super, super prepped, hard-packed clay like indoor, it's going to have slip. So an, a mid-motor, it in my opinion from what i've experienced is it creates a lot of rear tire lift and it creates a lot of more spin than you want you know okay no it makes sense so um, i do know that there's some really fast guys in oklahoma running mid motors but they're also running like severely aftermarket chassis mid motor setup so it, it all just depends on how much money you want to throw at the car, really. Okay. Um, and I guess his last question he has in here is a spec class, like a motor limit versus open. What's more fun? Mm. I prefer the open <clears throat> heads up, just pull it to the line and let's find out who's faster. But spec class racing is needed in the sport. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense because, like we were saying, like well, kind of like what you're saying earlier is, you know, if it if it's always just open, it's gonna kind of discourage some people because they're gonna think, okay, my stuff's slow. I'm not even gonna. What's the point? I'm not even gonna try. Um, where so then, if like you actually had a category, then they might feel more confident to say, okay, well then I can race with these guys because I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll match their, you know, class. So, yeah. no, it makes sense. It makes sense. And now, well, I mean, this that question, I can take it for the no prep or for the track. And for the track, I mean, if you're, if we're talking no limits, everybody could run the same power plant. Well, everybody's going to run a Pro Mod power plant, which is a an RS Pro with, like, a 3.5 turn motor. They're going to put that set up in everything. And then... All the cars are going to be running the exact same, roughly, mile per hour in ET. And at that point, why do you have seven or eight different classes of cars? Why aren't we running just one big class that everybody's involved in? So, I mean, 
for the for the racing league of the whole experience spec classes are needed you know you need mm-hmm. a rail class and you need a funny car class and you need the street outlaw class just to have the full experience yeah no i i totally it, it makes sense to me so and i might not be the brightest bulb in the box but it makes sense to me um and let's see we have another one from eli uh Hazen. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, in no prep drag racing, is there a chassis that seems to be faster, or are they all pretty equal? Um, keep it stock is my only word of advice. Uh, all the lightweight aftermarket chassis are usually too light. Really? Okay. Yeah, these cars, for the rubber, they prefer a little bit of weight. If you're going to be running foam tires, which that all depends on your group and the rules you're running and all that, then, yeah, you can go with a lightweight car. But I I would recommend just sticking with a stock chassis of some sort. Okay, makes sense. That's good to know. Which actually is – well, it is actually good to know too because I'll admit when I was searching trying to find stuff um, – I think it was uh, Deadlock Racing has a chassis kit that's like already all put together, ready for outlaw drags, wheelie bar, everything. And I want to say like 90% of the car is carbon fiber. Yeah. So that's kind of good to know because at first I was kind of like, hmm, do I just get something like this? But no, that's actually good to know because if that's too light, then, you know. Well, there. There's different variables there. The light is one thing, but with a, I run a carbon fiber slash or a carbon fiber chassis made for a slash that I had made by somebody, and I love it. I love the weight, but the problem is, is if I crash the car, the whole mm-hmm. chassis gets tweaked. So then I gotta oh. take it back to the bench and I gotta take every screw out of it because it's a ladder style chassis. Mm, okay. So I have to take every screw out of it and straighten the tweak the chassis back to straight and flat, and then tighten the whole chassis back up, and then I can go make another run. So, for a beginner or somebody that just wants to go and have fun, that's why I say just keep it stock. Makes keep sense. It, keep it simple, you know. And not only that, like, I'm not dissing anybody. Maybe there is engineers out there that are designing parts in their garage for RC cars, but I doubt it. Uh, You're not going to beat the design of the original manufacturer, whether it be Traxxas or HPI or Associated. Those guys have spent the money. They've spent the time in designing and research and development of how that car can hold the power you plan to put in it. We've had that conversation a lot lately, actually, especially with like the when we've been talking about the new axial Capra and stuff like that. Like, guys basically just trying to like re engineer the thing in their garage before they've even driven it and really like what's a step backwards and what's a step forwards and stuff. So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it may, it may look cool and you may think it's cool. And if you want to spend the money, then go for it, but it might not be an advantage. Exactly. Yeah. 
No, yeah, that's really good to know because, like I said, even me being new, like you think, like I don't know, you sometimes you do, you think, you think, oh, it's carbon fiber, oh, you think it's this, or oh, you think it's some trick thing. You're like, oh yeah, that's gonna help me, but it might not. I mean, you guys know as much as anybody. I mean, there's a lot of people in this hobby that are here to make money, mm-hmm. you know? and it doesn't always mean that their product works. Right. True. Very true. Like I said, I'm not dissing anybody because I've only tried what I've tried, but out of what I tried and ease of driving, a stock chassis performs better than an aftermarket chassis. I'll just leave it at that. Right. No, that's good to know. Um, the last, I guess, well, there's two more questions. Uh, one you already answered in in the uh, in the thread. It was from Jeremy Kim. He asked, uh, I have a mid-motor associated SC5M and was curious on what to get to install a wheelie bar. If there isn't, where do I find some? You sent, or no, Todd sent him a uh, link to Shapeways for a 3D printed adapter, it looks like. So that one's already taken care of. Um, his other yeah, question. So oh, Shapeways ahead. does have all sorts of files on there to convert. I believe everything now. There's one for a low C. There's one for an HPI. There's one for associated. And what that's doing is it's putting a mount on the back of your whatever car to accept a wheelie bar for a track to slash. Because currently, the only wheelie bars that are being made. R4 Atraxis Slash. Right. Um, I guess, actually, I have another question after this, because um, I think it's a, it's kind of a fairly good one uh, to uh, ha- find an answer to. But um, I'm going to get through Jeremy's, uh, which would be our last question. Uh, when dealing with setup, uh, what goes through your mind when your dragster does something out of the ordinary? So I guess he's saying, like, so, like, if you're used to your car doing something every time and all of a sudden it, like, wigs out, you know, what what goes through your mind or where do you start to kind of try and, you know, retrace your steps to fix this, uh, you know, fix the problem? All right. On a rubber tire car, like, with an open diff, uh, like, setup, I'm going straight to the rubbers and the foams in the rear. Okay, because if you're, say your car's been going A to B all day, and all of a sudden it's just dead hooking left at half track, well, you probably blew up a foam or, you know, separated a tire, and you're not noticing it until your power band kicks in. Okay. Okay, or, you know, you got, then it's, on a rubber tire car, they're finicky from the get-go, so it's, that's kind of a, a tough question. On a pro-style car, what we were talking about earlier, um, there's very few things that it could be. So if your car is pulling to the left or the right, which is the only two things that it's going to do if it's not going dead straight because the way these cars are designed, um, mm-hmm. it's either your rear hubs are loose because it's a clamping-style hub, so tighten the piss out of them. Just don't break the screw. And... Uh, that should solve your issue. If not, pick up a set of dial, uh, dial calipers and measure your rear tires. Since these are foam rear tire cars, you want the tires to be the exact same size from the left to the right. If one's bigger by any amount, 
it will cause your car to pull the opposite direction. That makes sense. Man. Interesting. Yeah, I mean it's a it it's a science to get these things to like, especially like because I've seen you know from I guess like pictures and a lot of like some of the videos, but like especially like like your pro setup stuff, like that stuff, everything is like meticulous. It looks like it's all been completely. It's it's like you said, it's it's like setting up like somebody who actually wants to like almost like NASCAR, like a professional you know car that's meant for racing everything's got a purpose everything is spec to a certain tolerance i mean it's insane the amount of work that goes into one of those oh yeah we set up our wheelie bars with a like a dial caliper to a certain height we make sure the tires are specific size it's crazy it's a totally different game than a short course truck in the street yeah i could i could see why um, I guess my question, which I was just thinking about, um, and I and I think this would be good for a lot of listeners that if they want to get into this. Now I know, which I'm not trying to cut them down or anything, but there was a video series that I found on YouTube where the guy was converting a slash into a drag car and like a no prep style and. He was installing all this stuff, and he went ahead and installed one of Traxxas's wheelie bars. Now, anybody getting into this, I'm sure they might kind of stumble across the same thing. They might be like, oh, I already have a wheelie bar. Oh, Traxxas already sells one, so I'll get that. Is there is there a benefit to having the longer wheelie bar versus that shorter one? Yes. Um, well... You don't. The shorter one is cool for doing gigantic wheelies and content. Okay. It's not good for going fast. Gotcha. Okay, so the problem with these cars is unless you're running a really, really massive amount of weight in the front end or stock short course size tires in the front, which doesn't look good unless you have like only one or two Parma bodies on it that looks like a hot rod. Um, you need you either you, you need the wheelie bar for the top end of the track just so you can win. It you know if you're running the Traxxas wheelie bar, you're going to be passing the beams on your back tires, which gives the guy next to you half a car advantage. Makes sense. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, it totally makes sense because now that you say that, it, it makes sense because when he first did, like, his first hit, he, like, kind of, like, gradually got into it. And you could tell when he hit the power band, like, when he got full throttle, the car would just backflip. And it was yeah. like, it was like, okay. And he was trying to figure out why it was doing that. And I don't know, I never visited the series after I kind of watched some of it to see if he ever figured it out. Um, but no, that makes sense now. We have a kid that comes to the track and his is like that on stock power and he wheelies down the whole track, but he loves it. And he like has a huge smile on his face every time. So we just let him do it. You know, that's what he loves to do. And he doesn't want to change his car. He just loves doing a massive wheelie and being like the entertainment, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're going slow enough, it can do that. If you put any sort of real power in these cars... It, it'll just do what you said, and it'll backflip. 
Okay. So you want to get the weight down low. You know, you want... When you switch to your low center of gravity chassis and you pick the car up off the table, you want to limit the shocks inside to where you're you're not going past level in the rear. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you don't want it to shoot down past perfectly level. Because you're not anticipating the land to jump, so you don't need your suspension to try to catch you from anything. Yeah. You want it to try to you want to try to keep your drive shafts perfectly plumb or level the entire time. So that's during full range of motion. Okay. Cuz that's the way they're most efficient. Right. No, that makes yeah, sense. Not, that's Yeah. And, and then all... you just and then you just modify, you know, your body posts or whatever around that to make your body oh. sit the way you want it. Right. Okay. No, it's all good information, yeah, especially because like, like well, no, because because uh, Jay, I didn't even get to tell you this, but I was talking to Tyler before we started. Um, JJ uh, texted me today and let me know that all my parts are in uh, for my drag car. Oh, rad. So, um, so yeah, so no, now I'm excited because I'm gonna take a lot of what I'm soaking in tonight and apply that when I'm swapping everything over to the new chassis. So whatever you do, don't put a locker in your diff. Yeah, see that was another one that I was kind of like confused about. Like there were some people talking about lockers, some people were talking about uh, no lockers, some people were talking about, um, which I guess is another good topic you, uh, if you want to touch base. I know you have a video on this because I watched it, um, but uh, any kind of a trax traction aid in the back or in the car, um, pros, cons, and what would what will and won't happen. Okay, so for rubber tires, I highly recommend using Papa Willys if you're going to use a traction compound of any sort. And what that does is it it's not necessarily putting anything on your tire that's sticky per se. It's conditioning the tires. Okay, so when you when you make a pass and you come back and your tires are all dirty and you take your you know, simple green, and you clean them off, and you think, oh, yeah, I made the tire all sticky and good. Well, you're actually hurting the tire by using simple green. Okay, so if you are using simple green to clean it, then you need to use a product like Papa Willie's to put oil back into the rubber because the product in simple green is deteriorating the rubber. Okay, and that's all that's going to do is cause you to blow your foams out the center of them faster. Right. It's not getting you any more grip. Like how armor all rots your tires out in the sun and stuff. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. So if you want a, if you want something that's going to you know condition your tires and soften up the rubber without harming them, Papa Willie's or off the shelf, look up uh, just Liquid Wrench, the red or the yellow can of Liquid Wrench. Huh. Okay. okay. WD-40 works, but it gets a little oily, and then you usually have to do a nice big smoky burnout in order for them to be actually usable. Right. And the same thing, you're wasting rubber. Okay. So that's, like, the biggest thing right now is rubber tires and how long they're lasting, and a lot of people are complaining that they're not lasting long enough. I'm on the same set now for eight races. 
that's eight days to the track, full days on the same set of rubber Hoosier tires from Proline. That's really good. So it's all in how you condition your tires and how you take care of them. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so differential, you want, like, a million weight fluid. Um, Has anybody tried doing the... uh... Has anyone tried using, um, what am I trying to think of, uh, Silly Putty in the rear diff? Yeah, Silly Putty works good. Oh, it does? Okay. Yeah, so you want you want it to be just very tight. You just don't want it to be fully locked. Okay. So 20 million uh, Silly Putty, uh, Racer's Edge, Diff Putty, uh, what else? Like... Um, I know some people have put, like, shoe goo in there and then put the case back together and not let it dry. Um, really? Wow. You can just use one side of the JB Weld without the hardener. You can just uh, – there's a lot of things you can put in these diffs to make them work. So what is the benefit for this? Is it so that it has – so it's not just spinning, you know, when it does actually break traction? Is it is it so that it can make some sort of – attempt at having some give and putting some power down to the ground or like what's the what's the whole reason behind that so with a completely open diff on these cars the running slick tires it'll usually just one tire fire ah okay you know what i mean it'll be like it'll be like a car doing it'll be like doing your first burnout in your grandma's buick and you only got the right tire doing appeal Yep. And left tire sitting still. Sure. So, and then you take the hot racing and put the locker, quote unquote, locker in there, which is more of a spool. Okay, so you put that in there and it's fully locked all the time. Well, now it has no give. So you have full traction. And like we talked about earlier, you don't want that because now you're doing massive wheelies. And if you're running a long wheelie bar, you're doing a massive wheelie so hard and there's so much power going down that now it's just going to jump off the ground and all four tires are going to get airborne. Oh, okay. Then you're not going nowhere. Right. So the perfect mixture is is a locker, a real locker. And a real locker like in a car allows a little bit of slip before it engages and fully locks up. Right, not like an airlock or where yeah. that's gonna like engage, but like right. a, like a Detroit, you know what I mean? Like you're gonna get one or two revolutions out of it, and then it's gonna blam and engage, and you're gonna have fully locked. So running the thick fluid or the putty <coughs> is essentially giving you the same same aspect. Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's kind of like a it's like a limited slip. There you go. Okay. That's the word I was looking for. Right. Yeah, because a limited slip a limited slip is exactly like that. Um, it's very similar to like a Detroit locker, but the difference is it'll still allow for a lot of slippage where the Detroit basically, once it slips, it's fully engaged almost like a spool, and until you let go, it won't undo it. Yeah, it won't re-unlock. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, basically you just want it to where once it full, like once you have that grip, you're good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you want it to slip a little at the hit and then engage and go. Which, the slipper clutch, 
you want to learn how to use and adjust and I use the slipper clutch like no other in this car. Which I've I've seen a lot of people want to bypass those, but like for like we race on carpet and so it's a super high traction surface, you know, up here for off road racing. And slipper clutch is like something that's super, super crucial on that surface, you know, otherwise you're gonna be destroying stuff and wheeling over backwards and everything. So do you yep. do you adjust it the same like you would if it was like a two wheel drive, you know, like mod buggy or a stadium truck where you get it just tight enough to mer- to where you when you get on the gas it maybe lifts it you know half inch or so off the ground you know when you're when you have it on the bench like what we do is we set it in front of us on the bench so we're looking at the back of the car we grab one wheel and then set our radio on top of the other wheel to kind of hold both wheels in place and you pull the trigger and like right is you want it to lift up maybe like half an inch and then start squealing and not pick up the rest of the way is that kind of the same way that you adjust yours or i use a piece of carpet on my table mm-hmm. so like i'll uh I'll, I'll hold pretty good pressure on the rear shock tower you know what i mean down uh-huh. and, and then i'll just ease into the throttle and i want to get it to where you can hear the slipper i guess basically the same thing you're saying where you can hear it unwind just a little bit before they start to rotate the tires gotcha okay good to know i mean i've been running the same set of vxl plastic drive shafts for four years so really wow yeah well that's good to know because that was one of the other things i was looking at i was like well i wonder what kind of drive shafts they should do in one of these things i put dowels on the inside Really? Oh, that's that's like a, a like an old SCX10 scaler trick. Yeah. Yep. So just yep. like you would do with the old SCX10 drive shaft, you do that with the insides of your Bandit plastics. Okay. No, that's that's good to know. Yeah, I wonder if any of our listeners, because you know, it's funny. It's funny that uh, that more of a drag episode brought up that trick because I don't know if anybody remembers that trick. Uh, because when they first introduced those drive shafts, because the very first SCX10 had like true, uni- like U joints in them, and I remember if you got too much torque, you used to actually bend open, and the little U joint would pop out. So there, the trick for that was some sort of a collar to keep it from popping out. But then when they switched over to the Wild Boar, which was their first version, which basically was like putting that, like it was almost like like how the Wild Boar Two is, but it was one and one it wasn't like that floater piece in the middle and it was really hollow so what people were doing was after a lot of torque you'd completely pretzel the entire thing yeah it looked like a twizzler yep so now so then you'd put a dowel in there to keep from doing that so the same thing i you're saying applies to the drag racing yep no kidding wow I mean, this is all, that's all I've ever known, and you could probably trip out on that, is crawling straight to RC drag racing. <laughs> that's wild. I've never turned laps on a indoor clay track. I've never done touring car racing. Until like a month ago, I had never raced off-road at all, ever. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Sean finally convinced me to go to uh, CTRC for... Uh, which one was it? The uh, the Martin Cup 
for uh, this charity event, and I raced my Baja Ray in that charity event like a month ago. What'd you think? Pretty fun. It's pretty for being from going from slow to super fast in a straight line to then getting airborne and having to turn from a driver's stand. It was wild, dude. Oh, like I bet. wild. <laughs> but I've never done anything like that. You know, it was crazy. It was like the first time I drove a rail. I got down from the driver's stand and I was twitching, like shaking, you know, from <laughs> adrenaline. Like it was crazy, dude. Yep. Oh god. Because drag racing, I mean, I know, I like we were talking about the risk earlier. I know the risk going up to the line, you know. Right. But the risk in drag racing is just my car and one other guy's car. Sure. Dirt racing, there was like ten of us out there with trophy trucks just banging doors. <laughs> banging bumpers landing on each other like dude it was intense it was wild that's awesome i mean i'm sure i'll be back i just i don't know how much of that is in my schedule you sure know? yeah it, it is big fun though yeah it's it's definitely fun to experience all sides of rc oh yeah i mean rc in a whole is just fun yeah it is i think people forget that sometimes as long as it looks cool. I'm only into the classes that look cool. That's exactly how, like, my son and I were when we first got into racing off-road. Like, we, at the time, short course had just blown up, and so that was, like, the big thing. And so we had bought slashes and then later on Kyosho short courses, and we were like, man, this is the only thing that I even want to race. All the other ones look stupid, like little spaceships. I'm never going to race those. Those are dumb, blah, blah, blah. And then now it's like, that's all we race are buggies and don't try, don't touch like short course <laughs> truck or anything. Cause found out how like shitty they actually handle and everything compared to like a, you know, real like race bread buggy. So it was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I trip out on all those guys running the East scale truggy and it's like, dude, I feel like you're running the car from Radio Shack back in the 90s. And you could flip over and just keep driving, you know? Yeah. Because the tires are so big. It's like, what the fuck are you racing yep. right now? They're so awesome, though. Like, that truggy is actually super, super fun. Like, e-truggy is. It's cool because the amount of power and, like, the amount that you can just abuse that car and it takes it. Oh, you know? yeah. And they'll, they'll f- do backflips all day long. Like, there is when we were like real heavy into doing electric off-road we were we had uh e-buggies and e-truggies and man e-truggy was so much fun because there was this one really peaked out double at, the, at our local track and like every lap you could throw a backflip off of it and it was just so much fun messing around with those things so that was probably one rad. of the classes that like we had the most laughs was racing truggy i think nice yeah they're good fun it was it was pretty cool. It was a different experience, that's for sure. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think now. Um, because I know that was really because I know we went from wheelie bar to the traction aid. I mean, man, we're learning all the secrets. So, like, if you want to jump in it now, you even have more ammo to build a nice baseline car yeah tyler's given us a lot of good information this episode like a lot yeah no that's great um i think i'm actually honestly i think i'm though i'm running out of the main points and topics i wanted to talk about i think you've nailed every single one of them 
Well, which is cool. fine because we actually have a lot of uh, there's a lot of new stuff that just dropped too, so we can cover. Well, there's that. There's that, and before I forget, actually, I better look him up right now. He messaged me. So I have to eat crow a little bit from last week's episode. Um, remember how, but I did say, don't quote me. So a guy by the name of Scooter Scott got a hold of me after the last episode dropped and said, J Concepts does make a crawler body. It's an 82 GMC K10. So when I was sitting there saying it's kind of interesting, they came out with crawler tires but didn't have a crawler body. They do have a crawler body, which brought up a whole other thing that is kind of weird. How come – and I don't know, and Tyler might be able to answer this one for us um, just because I'm just getting into the drag, so I don't know if it's, you know, uh, like if if this happens for multiple, you know, uh, avenues. Um, J Concepts never really seems to get a lot of uh, media hype or – talk or buzz, whatever you want to call it. Like, when they release something, it really doesn't get a lot of talk. You don't hear about it. That's why when I said the crawler tire came out, I was kind of, like, shocked because I'm like, hmm. But they clearly have a body, and it's like, how come nobody's ever talked about that? I've never heard anybody say, oh, by the way, this week they just released a 82 GMC K10. They're huge in racing, and I think that they just don't really put the effort into the scale side of it, you know, like they, they kind of got into the drag thing before Proline did. And so they're already pretty well established in drag racing circles. And then, uh, you know, I think the scale thing, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're just now starting to see the value in the scale market. I'm, I'm not really sure, but it, like, they're just kind of late to the party. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, They've been they've been out in RC drag racing longer, but they don't have a bigger presence. Oh, really? No, I mean we got we get way bigger showing of Proline bodies, Proline tires, or even Parma bodies than we do J Concepts bodies. Weird. I would not have expected that. I mean, it's I in my opinion, I think it's content basis. You know. It's who he has pushing his content for his product. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I, I don't even know who that would be, honestly, which I guess kind of answers that whole exactly. conundrum there. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> and I'm, I'm not trying to knock nobody. No, no, I mean, no. I, I reached, mean, it's, it's I've reached factual. out and tried to work with him, and I never got anything back, so... Yeah, they, they turned us down, like, when we first decided like okay let's actually like pursue some like industry partners and stuff with sor and some of these other companies we had reached out to j concepts and they declined us quicker than i could even (laughs) open the email and then proline immediately was like yeah you bet you know what can we do together let's work on some stuff let's do that you know and it was like just total just night and day different attitude it was really strange it was basically the same same experience for me and it's like i'm not trying to get nothing out of this but i'm just trying to use my platform to help you grow right the industry you're trying to get into you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i I did the same thing for for j concepts i reached out and was like hey you're trying to get into rc drag racing i got this following 
I'll, I'll gladly push your content, you know, just, and I got nothing in return. So, wow. Yeah. It, I mean, it's the numbers that you have is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, that's like, that's big numbers. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know, you know, it's, you got to use it for what it is. You know, if people are following it, you might as well give them the info. That's all I'm trying to do is grow RC drag racing. I don't care what it comes for me you know what i mean i want to see the hobby grow yeah no absolutely totally get it for most of this it's for 90 percent of this hobby that i enjoy it's like uh adam kept saying it's it's like the base beginning of crawling 90 percent of these guys are in their garage so you know tony rudis and ken loopy at drag race concepts they're in their garage doing this out of their garage on their own free time they both work a full-time job and then they both go home and decide to make parts for crazy people like us <laughs> so it's pretty rad and i give a big shout out to those guys because they do way more than i do for this sport you know that's pretty cool yeah and uh, uh tyler warned me but um i'll share that same warning right now if you look up uh drag race concepts online uh some of that stuff's pretty pricey yes but it's very nice quality product oh yeah don't get me wrong i'm just saying it is i will i will just clarify for everybody it is the difference between your backyard track uh running a traxxas slash or going to a clay or carpet track and now running your associated or your Yokomo. Okay, you're you're on a whole nother ball game now. Right. It's just it's the difference between hobby grade and pro level is is how I how I consider it. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Very good to know. Um and then I know we kinda started going off into left field again. Um as far as releases, I know Axial. I know, like I said, I know we sound like a broken record. We only talk about the Axial Capra, but they just released it in RTR. Which I was very surprised by that. I was actually very surprised by it too. And the thing that was actually even more surprising was the fact that with the RTR, they give you the micro servo and the dig is already fully functional, ready to go. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, because. If you've heard, all, you know, if you've heard us talk about it, other people talk about it. The ha, like, unless you go with theirs, which they give you in this in the RTR, trying to make it work and hunting down all the parts and being creative gets a little tiresome. So the fact that it's already ready to go, that's pretty cool. Um, and with steel I inks think, and everything too, steel inks, aluminum shock bodies, like it's not a chintzy version. Well, so basically to me what it looks like is it looks like somebody assembled the kit, but then they completed the other parts, I guess you could say. Like you have their receiver for the Spectrum. I think it's the DX3, you know, the one that's been coming with a lot of Axial's cars lately. Mm-hmm. Um, a, I didn't actually look at the turn, but I'm assuming it's the Dynamite 35-turn brushed motor with their Dynamite. It's the equivalent of the 5... What is it? The 85 or whatever. 85. 85. Yeah. 
Yeah, but they call it something else with the dynamite. Um, and it comes with the Spectrum Micro Servo and a Spectrum Servo for the actual steering servo. So I want to say this is. I mean, don't quote me on this because I don't. I haven't seen the um, the axial with the Ford body on it. But is this the first car that they released with a Spectrum uh, servo for the steering? No, my Wraith has a Spectrum servo on it. Really? Uh-huh. Or did, hmm. did. It's gone now, but it, it came with a Spectrum in it. The 1.9? Uh-huh. Huh. I have to look again, because I swore I tore it out, and I thought that was a... Um, a tactic in yours? Yeah, I thought it was a tactic. Could have been. It's they. Uh, they probably had. I would think like a old surplus to use up before they started making the switch over to the Horizon branded stuff. Hmm. Anyways, but yeah, so that is kind of cool. The only thing, Jay, have you seen a price point on it? Because I don't remember seeing a price point. I think suggested retail is like four fifty. Which still isn't really that bad for what you're getting. No, what is it? Only a hundred bucks more. I want to say something like that. I'm trying to look Something it up like, right now. I want to say it was under 300 for the kit. But, it yeah. Was, let's see. Oh, wow. Okay, so, well, I guess before we before I start going nuts. Um, so it's 329 for the kit, the kit version, and I think it's 459 for the RTR, but I'm going to double check really quick here. Yeah, so that's actually not bad. You're basically paying a hundred bucks for somebody else to assemble it, and you get stock electronics. Yeah, which is, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a move in the right direction, personally. I think that's pretty rad. And it comes in red or green, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so um, I'll say I know that's it. Was there any other big releases that happened this week? Yeah. Okay. So four forty nine is. Still not bad. Yeah, no, not at all. Comes with Nitto tires. Um, who knows what compound they are? Same uh, three-piece beadlock wheels, so that's really cool. Uh, yeah, like I said, it, I think it's the same exact. It's basically the kit assembled with in-house electronics. Yeah, there's a tan version of the TRX4 Sport that just came out. Okay. Um, another, let's see, Kyosho Snowcat. I don't know if they discontinued that for a while or not, but that's out again. Um, what else here? Let's see. Um, I'm looking for the what's new section here. Um, I was going to say, the other thing that I think is new well it's not released yet but if anybody has watched anything from SEMA uh, supposedly I think Traxxas is coming out with another version of the TRX4 it's got this I want to say 70 something I want to say like 72 blazer body on it oh yeah it almost looks like the axial one that was surprising yes. that was really surprising yeah um that's really about it as far as I know that's coming out. Um, I was say we can even ask our guests. Do you know of anything else? Maybe is there anything up and coming new on the horizon in the drag world? Hmm. Nothing that I can talk about yet, but yes, lots of new stuff coming. Nice. Well, if you can't talk about it, that means it must be big. So. Yes. 
we'll just have, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, oh. I was gonna say because I think we're rounding up our time. We actually, for once, did a stop clock. Yeah, we're hitting right about hour, hour and, and a half. half. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I don't think I have any more new info here. I think that is pretty much it from the looks of it. Okay, well, I was going to say um, it was nice having a whole complete, like, RC drag takeover. We, like, completely, you know, we did, of course, like usual, we kept it, you know, try to mix it up, get a little bit of crawler in there. But, um, no, it was very informative. Um I always love learning new stuff like this and like you almost like geek out and you like start like going, okay, well, what can you do? And, um, no, I think it's awesome and it's a push, um, in the right direction. And I think like anything else, it's just going to keep growing legs and just keep going. I mean, the sky's the limit. I hope so. I hope so. So, cause then you never know. Um, cause I know right now, just real quickly to touch base, cause here's another option for people getting into it. Uh, I do know Jake's Performance Hobbies does sell a LCG slash already kind of ready to go. They've converted everything. I want to say it's like 120 bucks. Um, basically, they got they already um, put the front bulkhead, the rear shortened, uh, put the shorter banded arms on it. So basically, they did all the work for you, kind of like how Axial's kind of like the way they're releasing this Capra. So it's already kind of like done, except for no electronics, tires, or wheels. So you have to supply all of that. So that is another option if there's anybody who maybe doesn't want to get into the It's actually the like the best deal. Like the best deal is to go through Jake's for that. Okay. You're not going to find it cheaper. That's that's good to know. You like price uh, parting it together, uh, Amazon roller, none of those. You're not going to find it cheaper than just going to Jake's and getting that set up. Well, you heard it there, folks. That's, you know, can't go wrong because actually my buddy uh, Bob Tarvin was the one who told me about that. He's like, well, in case you don't want to sacrifice your basher, I said, oh, no, 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 this isn't my basher. I have a four-wheel drive slash, so I'll leave that one as the basher. Um, yeah. But yeah, is there anything else, Tyler, you would like to add? Um, you know, shout out to your sponsors, whatever. Any final words before we uh, end the show tonight? Yeah, uh, go head over to my YouTube channel, RC Drag Talk. Give it a subscribe. And a big thank you to my sponsors, MKS Servos, Papa Willie's, Cow RC. Flow packs, cap packs. If you guys need a capacitor, check out Jason Flores. And that's about it. Right on, man. Thank you guys for having me on hey, to talk about our th Thanks racing. for coming on. You gave us and uh, our listeners a lot of really good information and answered a lot of questions that I had. So I, I definitely uh, feel a lot more comfortable going into doing a build now than I did before. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's got questions, they can add me on Facebook and shoot me a message, and I'll get back to them whenever I got time. Awesome. Right on. Awesome. Dude. Well, thank you. Appreciate that a lot. All right, guys. Well, uh, that'll conclude uh, episode 27, so we'll uh, see you guys next week. And uh, I guess since this being a, um, a drag episode, instead of always saying, 
be safe out there. We, how about you uh, keep the rubber down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, guys. Thanks. Have a good weekend.